Ethereum is the second most popular coin, but also suffers from high fees. Now, PulseCoin trying to fix that problem. And with me, founder and CEO of Hex and PulseCoins, Richard Hart, and also Rick Shattuck, the director of the Digital Coin Association. So welcome, both of you. Pleasure. Pleasure to be here. How are you doing? Rick, let's just kind of launch with you, and then we'll let uh, Richard go on. So Rick, just talk about... you know, how you see this coin, how it fits in the whole kind of digital currency ecosystem. Sure. Well, uh, on our last talk on March 11th, 2021, Mm -hmm. we talked about Hex, which was under a penny then, and is now over 18 cents. And since our last interview, Richard has been very busy with developing uh, a new version of Ethereum, a fork, along with his development team, which will be faster, with lower fees, down in the pennies, a greener version, electricity efficient, called Pulse, along with a better exchange than Uniswap called Pulse X, uh, that will support all of over thousands of ERC tokens automatically, making it the biggest free coin giveaway in history. And Richard, uh, one of the most generous men in history with an A-plus rating from the Digital Coin Association. June, it's my great honor to again introduce you to Richard Hart. <laughs> Richard, gr- great to have you. And, and by the way, this is desperately needed. I, my son wanted to buy some NFTs. And when we looked at the gas fees, um, you know, we were just like, you know, it, it's, it's a real impediment to the growth of the industry. So I guess, Richard, explain how will the Pulse Chain be different than what's already out sure. there? So Ethereum is great. You know, it's the first place to have on, online exchange where you go peer to peer without middlemen, you know, removing your privacy, charging you fees, uh, making you beg for your money as exchanges often do. And then uh, the problem is that when you have something that's new and innovative and awesome, but has a limit to how many people can use it, uh, it fills up. And then they try and play games and do game theory to try and get people to just bid less for the space. But the space is still limited and the demand is very high. And because of that, the fees are very high. And the only way to lower those fees is to build extra capacity. That's it. Mm-hmm. So Ethereum uh, is full and the fees are on average $30 to send an ERC-20, $90 to do a, a Uniswap swap, hundreds of dollars to mint NFTs. And that's a very high penalty to pay. It's higher than what you pay to use the normal legacy banking system. So if it costs you 30 to $50 to send a bank wire, but it costs you $70 to do an Ethereum transaction, it's not okay, it's not acceptable. Someone has to build that new capacity. And so I did. So what I did is I forked Ethereum, made the blocks quicker, so we have at least four times higher throughput, but it's really gonna be more than that because you make the gas limits higher too. But it starts off at least four times quicker with three second blocks instead of 13 second blocks. You give everyone the world's largest free airdrop, you give them copies of all their coins. If you have a coin on Ethereum, you're gonna have a copy of it on the Pulse chain. Um, you incentivize people to bridge in their Ethereum coins and allow them to trade on the Pulse chain by rewarding them um, with fees, like as a percentage of the the trade volume, to reward them to back the value of the free PRC20s only they got. You know, when you get all these free PRC20s, only your keys can access them. There's no dilution. So there's nobody else getting these copies but you. So your keys that work on the Ethereum chain will also work on the Pulse chain. You don't need to sign up. Nobody needs to know your name. You don't need to do anything except click one button on a website that says change network. And then when it pops up in a MetaMask, say, yes, I want to change my network. And then it switches networks from Ethereum to Pulse Chain, and then you can have all your coins there. 
You probably have mm-hmm. to click, you know, add coin, add coin, add coin for each one of your coins. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's amazing. So it's the world's largest free airdrop. And as you know, my last coin went up in price 10,000 fold in two and a half, well, one and a half years. And uh, that was before staking. It went up maybe double that if you'd staked your coins, depending on how long you staked for. And so people understand the things that I build have amazing game theory, amazing uptime. Hex has had a 100% perfect, flawless operation for years, while everything else around us has had problems. Just yesterday, a bridge contract from Ethereum to Solana was hacked for $250 million on the Ethereum side, another $70 million on the Solana side. That's $320 million lost to a hack. Hexagon users have lost this much dollars to hacks because of hacks. So mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And since you brought up hacks, and that was really mm-hmm. the focus of the interview that we did almost a year ago. It's mm-hmm. been amazing how fast it's gone. So how will the hex and pulse work together? How will they benefit from each other? Well, because hex is immutable and can't be changed. No one can stop it. No one can turn it off. It's, it's invincible. The only thing you can do to get these fees down for people is to give them a copy of their coins on a new chain. And now when someone buys in from scratch, they have to choose. Do you want to pay $70 to buy in on Uniswap on Ethereum, or do you want to pay a penny to buy in on Pulse Chain? You can lose 70 or you can lose a penny. Same code, you know, it's, it's 99% identical code. So the contract, hex contract is totally identical, but the substrate that runs on the Ethereum state it's 99.9% identical. The only thing that's changed is we use proof of work or we use proof of stake instead of proof of work so we don't destroy the environment. Right now, when your son wants to pay a lot of money to buy an NFT or mine an NFT, that money that he gives the miner gets dumped on the exchange and hurts the Ethereum price to go pay for electricity to destroy the environment. So it's bad for the Ethereum price, it's bad for your son, and it's bad for the environment. And it sucks for everybody involved. It's a negative externality. Pulse Chain mm-hmm. solves that. We don't have miners that we have to pay. So, and by the way, Ethereum inflates to pay these miners. And so there's constantly more Ethereum supply. In Pulse Chain, the supply only goes down because 25% of the fees are burnt and there's no inflation, none. So Pulse Chain is the world's largest free airdrop with no inflation that saves the environment and burns 25% of the fees, which causes positive price pressure. Now explain the difference between Pulse and Pulse X. Sure. So Pulse Chain Pulse is a fork of Ethereum, which is a consensus network that you can run things on, like X, Mm -hmm. or like PulseX. PulseX is a fork of Uniswap, which is a peer-to-peer exchange. Okay. So for instance, when Pulse Chain gets forked into existence, and it already works on testnet, you can already test everything. It's been working for months. Uh, All those pairs already come over, but they're not tied to dollars at exchanges yet. And so the majority of people will be off-ramping from this network to real dollars and exchanges by bridging back to Ethereum until direct listings occur. And then once direct listings for the coins on this chain exist, then you don't have to go back to Ethereum. So you'd pay your money to bridge in, and then you could do all the swapping you want on PulseX or Uniswap or SushiSwap or whatever other you know front end that you find for the different contracts. And then when you're done swapping around, doing whatever you want, you want to cash out, you bridge back to Ethereum and you cash out until those direct listings appear. So the difference between PulseX and Uniswap is, you know, Uniswap has maybe two thirds of the total liquidity. SushiSwap and uh, Bancor and Balancer, they have the rest of the liquidity. And that creates price differences that arbitrage bots come and make money, giving the users worse deals and then keeping the profit from themselves. I mean, in some cases the users get a better deal, but overall enriching arbitrage bots de-enriches the users. So if you can concentrate all the liquidity, so before Pulse 
X and Pulse Chain launch, a, an automated market maker price bot comes in and fixes all the prices and centralizes all the liquidity into PulseX by emptying okay. Uniswap and, and SushiSwap and all these other ones of their liquidity and putting it into a single place and then charge lower fees. So, you know, Uniswap charges 0.3%. On PulseX, it's 0.29. Um, and then there's also a, uh, a f- platform fee of 0.07, which is about 20% of the fee. And then it goes into an address you can't have expectations of, but I'll tell you what its original intention was to be. If it could have been programmed to do it automatically, it was to buy and burn the token back. So it harvest all these fees, sell them on market for the PulseX token, and then burn the PulseX token. But you can't automate it for a bunch of technical reasons I can't explain to you. So now, because of securities laws, you can't have any expectation of profit from the work of others. So you're just going to have to watch what that address does. And whatever it does, maybe it keeps doing it. Who knows, right? So yeah. it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I wish I could give you more specific language, but I'm barred <laughs> from doing so. Well, well, I was actually going to go back a little bit to people who maybe aren't as familiar with the whole blockchain crypto space, but oh, they're sure. interested in it. <laughs> you and buy you it and the number goes up and you get rich. <laughs> and you, I was just having drinks with a friend of mine last night. He's like, my dentist bought a bunch of NFTs and made money. And so I think there are people <laughs> are interested in it. But um, Listen, I, I think I think, look, if you can sell NFTs, great. But if you're buying NFTs, I think you're going to lose all your money. I don't believe that it is sustainable to buy serial numbers loosely related to JPEGs, which may or may not still be hosted on the internet. These things are not even uploaded to the blockchain. There's very little relationship between the monkey JPEG that you may have bought and the actual blockchain because the monkey Mm -hmm. JPEG never got uploaded to the blockchain. Interesting. So, you know, if... (laughs) I I shouldn't be saying these things because people are going to get copies of their NFTs on Pulse Chain. I shouldn't be saying these things if I want to protect the investment, right? But let me tell you, I think people that buy scams are are going to lose their money. And I don't think that you should overpay for JPEGs that you don't even get the rights to. I buy JPEGs, this logo that I'm wearing. I own the rights to it. Me, I own them because I paid for them and I have the rights. But when you buy a JPEG, can you go start your own NFT uh, platform with the JPEG that you bought? No. You don't own the rights. So it's like you're just throwing your money out the window, hoping that the next guy buys. It's just crazy to me. Well, I'm glad I didn't buy a bunch of bored apes then. It's a stupid, it's it's pixelated, generative, trash, computer-generated art that for some reason people are using a pseudo gambling where they, it's a roulette wheel and which Mm -hmm. monkey is number 12 and which monkey is number 18. And then, you know, the prices are going up and great, but look, when the music stops, and in, in crypto, usually every three or four years, the music stops and you get an 85 to 95% drop. Bitcoin's dropped 85% more than three times. Ethereum's dropped 95%. And let me tell you how well monkey pictures are going to hold up during a bear market. They're not. They're going to go to zero first. So yeah. they're close. Well, and, and I think a lot of people are just buying it because the technology is so kind of cool and new and fascinating. And rather than copy really paste. You want yeah. copy paste technology. Take your son's NFT he overpaid for. Copy paste. There you go. It's fair use. Google fair use. If you if you change a picture a little bit, you actually can use it. Like derivative works are legal. So you can do fair use interpretation of something that preceded and have a better looking stupid mm-hmm. monkey JPEG. Like <laughs> <laughs> Well, you mentioned a couple times this was the largest airdrop in history. Sure. So Talk about that in a little more depth. So what does that mean? Why did you decide to do that? How can somebody get involved? Sure. 
Well, I mean, look, if you want to participate in Pulse X, over a billion dollars has already been sacrificed to do so. So it is a very popular thing to do. If you go to pulsex.com, it'll link you to pulsex.info and you know, you could just send Ethereum from your wallet that you have the keys to, to this address. And then we see that you did that and then you get free Pulsex tokens. And the rate goes up, or the rate gets worse 5% every day. So right now you're you know, paying maybe 2X what you would have been paying had you participated in a couple of months ago. And it goes up to 10X over the next, I don't know, 20 days. And then, um, you know, Pulse Chain, you could swap your PulseX for Pulse Chain in the PulseX system itself when the mainnet launches in, you know, a month or two. Uh, and maybe you'll get a better rate because the bridge doesn't have it open from Ethereum. And you don't have extra fiat energy coming in, maybe. Um, so basically, just go to PulseX.com is the okay. answer to that one. But like, And that will kind of walk you through the whole process. Well, yeah, you, you get Ethereum and you send it to an address from your own wallet. Right. I mean, it couldn't get any easier than that. You buy Ethereum somewhere, Coinbase, Kraken, uh, you s- put it into your MetaMask wallet on your phone or your computer, and then you send it to this address, and then you will you know, have sacrificed your money, it's gone, it's lost, but you will be recognized. It's a political statement. So the first, the Pulse Chain sacrifice was to support free speech in that blockchains are speech, therefore they should be a protected human right. Yeah. This one is for freedom of movement. So freedom of movement and freedom of assembly are also guaranteed in the First Amendment, along with free speech. All of those are in the First Amendment, not the Tenth Amendment, not the Twentieth Amendment, the First Amendment. And for some reason, people have forgotten they exist. People aren't allowed to stop you going where you want to go. Uh That's called prison. I love that. I love that there is a like a bigger goal, too, you know, because this is really I mean, I never in my life dreamed that we'd be actually debating free speech. But here, you know, oh, the cancel culture is real. Oh, there's a oh comedian asking people uh, questions on the radio and they're answering them? Shut it down. Shut it down. We can't have comedians talking to people. What? Like, I mean, <laughs> like. I know, no, I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's great. It's and the, the White House is like, hey, we need to shut this talking down. Oh, mm-hmm. shut the talking down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, I'm pretty sure that's the opposite of why you guys were given power. I think you're used, supposed to use the power mm-hmm. to protect the talking. I remember back when the ACLU would defend Nazis having marches. That's yeah, my the, history, what I remember. The, I remember the KKK. I, I actually yeah. covered a rally once, and it was a free, you know, people were very upset about that, but yeah. it was a free speech thing. And yeah, anyway, um, yeah, the cure to misinformation is more information it's not shutting no. things down you can't just, I, like, the, the concept you know, that so the concept that misinformation exists it just means that no one is allowed to have opinions anymore and the only speech right. is is like the government approved speech and then you find out that the government changes what was approved because they figure out that the guys that were advising them had it wrong like right. they no, used it's, to it's terrifying. in the 50s they used to for fun irradiate you to like look through your body so you'd get like a full body like irradiation scan just for fun. They used to have plates that were radioactive that would glow just for fun because mm-hmm. they didn't realize how bad radiation was for you. But then they figured it out. They're like, oh, oh, our bad. And then how many things yeah. get recalled? Like in the UK, oh, there was this stuff called sure. thalidomide yeah. that they gave people. And then all the, they all had little tiny Tyrannosaurus arms because it crippled yeah. everybody. And you're like, hey, guys, you, you can't. <laughs> the reason we make this such a personal choice is because sometimes the best science is wrong, you know? And then, right. then you don't like, and then you, and if they, and if the, if the government, if the guys that made money on you gave you something bad for you, you could sue them. But can you do that with this new stuff? Oh no, you can't yeah. even sue them. Oh, no, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, mm. No, it's, uh, 
and, and science is constantly evolving and learning. So we can't, yep. you know, this is part of the exploration process is doing, yep. anyway, we, we got off subject. Well, Sorry. Another, Rick, do you have anything? project <laughs> that Richard has uh, funded is the SENS Foundation, the, the Strategies for Engineering Negligible Senescence, yep. you know, getting senile uh, more slowly. He raised $27 million Yeah, the we, raised, we raised $27 million for him, yep. For Pulse Chain and, uh, Sacrifice, uh, raisesense.org, uh, $27 million. It was nice. I'd like to do more stuff like that, you know? So mm-hmm. until everything's fixed, we might as well throw money at stuff. <laughs> well, I did want to ask you about what steps you've taken to make sure they're secure. You, you mentioned the hack. Mm-hmm. Um, how can a consumer know that? Well, you see, the, the problem the problem with that, that hack exists because they used a new chain, and that new chain isn't bug-free yet. So that hack called a system function on this new chain called Solana, and that system (laughs) function was check signature verify, but then they discovered that the check signature verify didn't, didn't make sure where the signature came from so that you could hack it by getting it to check a signature from the wrong place, and that's what happened. And so someone, so the only people that were supposed to be able to mint the coins were the people that were running the bridge, the guardians, they were called. But then this guy discovered that the software wasn't written properly and that he could just give a, a, a valid signature, but from people that weren't the guardians and then mint as many free coins as he wanted as his own. And so, that, so you will run in, when you use untested new software, you're going to lose millions and millions of dollars finding out where the bugs are. Ethereum, when it first came out, lost millions and millions and millions of dollars to figure out where all the bugs were. I realize that. I don't want to beta test somebody else's software. I want to use the software that is the most tested, tried and true software that exists. And that's when I tell you 99.9% of the code is identical. It's because we know that's the safest code that exists in the entire world. And how many people, like the Solana guys lost $250 million. Did the Ethereum guys lose any money? No, because the Ethereum guys didn't get hacked. Their stuff worked fine, right? So when, you, when you're dealing with uh, software, it's best to use the older, slower stuff with minimal changes to make it better because you have the least new attack surface that has to be analyzed and looked at. So, you know, it's, you know the bridge that we're going to use is used by more people and has been used for longer and therefore just doesn't have the same, oh, look, a, a new bug. Like, you know, you don't want to lose $250 million to a new bug. That's why no, I prefer tried and true, stable, rock solid stuff. Okay. Uh, the last question I want to get you both to weigh in on this. Rick, we'll start with you. Um, how do you see the world, blockchain, crypto? How will this all play out? Say five, ten, maybe even longer. How, well, with the think? with Pulse, uh, with the three second transaction confirmation times, that will make it one of the first digital currencies that truly could be used as a currency, even in stores. You don't want to wait in line behind someone using Bitcoin because that could take minutes to confirm or Ethereum that could take uh, 13 seconds. That's still a long time. So this will uh, bring digital currency into the marketplace. So I'm very excited about uh, Pulse coming out, Pulse X. And Jane, uh, you did some sacrificing as well. So we uh, with your MetaMask. And, uh, you know, Richard has been helping to stop scams for many years, even before he got into Bitcoin. He's also There's a lot out very there. good at, at yeah. There's a lot of scams the out there. Oh, I called the top of the day. I called the Bitcoin top of the, the day, 
It's been in profit mm-hmm. every single day for 10 months while everyone else was singing you a song and dance about $100,000 Bitcoin. I told you it was going down. It went down 55% from my call, bounced. We had one day of higher high where none of the candle went uh, under my call and then went straight down again, 45, 55% again. And uh, we're sitting down about 40% now. Had you instead bought Hex instead of holding your Bitcoin, it went up 10, it went up 30X and dipped and now it's sitting at 10X. So you'd have 10 times your money if you'd bought Hex 10 months ago instead of holding Bitcoin where you'd have about half your money now. It's really mm-hmm. that easy. It's really that obvious. Who else called the top on the day? Sorry. Nobody. Me. Are, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are newsletters that you can subscribe to for you know $1,000 a year where these experts predict what Bitcoin is going to do. But Richard uh, has a lot of information for free on his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Richard Hart. Okay. And Richard, let me just uh, finish up with you and, and mm-hmm. the question about how, do you, how are we going to live? How is crypto going to be in our life in, in the future? We can't kill it. You can't get rid of it. I mean, China's banned it and unbanned it a hundred times. They even banned mining it. Who cares? I mean, China's banned everything. China's banned Facebook. China's banned Google. China's banned nearly everything. How's it working out? Well, for Facebook today, down 25%, but, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, it works fine. Cryptocurrency is not going to go away. It's the highest performing, best asset in the history of assets. There's nothing that has ever outperformed cryptocurrency. Nothing, as far as price appreciation has gone. Absolutely nothing. And I don't know about you, but when people buy uh, stocks, I think they want to make money. I don't think they're buying Coca-Cola stock because they're really sugar drink enthusiasts and they care about the technology and the carbonation and the chemical formulas. I think they want to make money. And if you want to make money and protect your value from the government stealing it from inflation, cryptocurrency is the right way to do that. Gold is down from 40 years ago, or actually it's up. Gold is down from 10 years ago and up from 40 years ago, 2x. That's a terrible investment. You waited 40 years to get a 2x. You waited 10 years and you lost money versus the dollar. Gold's a terrible investment. So what do we have now? We have new and better digital gold and hex, which pays you yield. If you hold gold, do you make yield on your gold? No. If you hold Bitcoin, do you make yield on your Bitcoin? No. Not unless you lose your, engage in massive counterparty risk and give it to somebody else and hope they give you back more and you get hacked all the time. So hex is the store of value that lets you earn yield while you just sit and hold your own keys, no counterparty risk. You mint your own rewards, just like a Bitcoin miner would. And so we've got value storage with Hex. We've got the consensus network with Pulse Chain. We've got the trading with Pulse X. We nearly have a fully integrated vertical system. We're just missing fiat on ramps and wallet. And wallet, it's fine. Like it works fine. They're not shoving bad advertisements down my users' throats. I don't think they're shoving ads down my users' throats at all, which is why I'm mm-hmm. happy to send people to them currently. Yeah. So minus wallet and uh, fiat on ramp, we're fully totally vertically integrated, yeah. which is a funny thing to say in a distributed system. But you know, it's a community. <laughs> <clears throat> now, and, and do you think like the use case for crypto, like will we be say with our phones going in with your sure. QR code and paying for things, copy unless you want to pay more? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I'm. Uh, how can I say this? I don't want to. I'm bidding for something that is. Uh, esti- estimated to be worth like $8 million. I consider it a cultural heritage item for the Hexing community. We have uh, a 5,555 maximum stake length. And so you get tattoos. People have tattoos of 5555. It's the 5555 club or Quattro Cinco, mm-hmm. they call it. So that, that auction accepts cryptocurrency. Now they don't really, 
because you have to send it through an exchange, which is the opposite of why crypto was invented. Crypto literally is invented to get rid of middlemen. And then they're like, oh, wait, we accept crypto from these exchanges. Oh, right. Okay, sure. So it's not, you don't actually accept crypto. Cool. Which is weird after the AML KYC, you out the yin yang anyway. It's just, it's just stupid. I, I don't see any legal advantage for them to do it that way, but who knows? Maybe they don't have consultants as smart as I. But the point is, like, you are going to see more and more cryptocurrency in the future. It'll die off after this dip. Like, we're, we're due for a bear market in Ethereum and Bitcoin, but we've already done it for like six months. But we made that fake out Judas Candle higher high. So maybe we're due for another year in between six months and another year of bear market, I believe, and, and crypto in general. Thank goodness Hex is decorrelated. You know, when Bitcoin went down half, Hex went up 30x. <laughs> that's, that's enough decorrelation for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you're, even your son, uh, he wants to change his profile to one associated with a uh, cryptocurrency. And even Twitter now supports NFTs in profile photos. Yeah. So... Like, yes, you're going to get more. I mean, look, Jack left Twitter. The founder of Twitter left Twitter to go work on cryptocurrency. Right. Well, so it's not going away. Block. Renamed Square Block. So he clearly oh, wow. believes. And, and MetaMask, or uh, Facebook got changed to Meta. Right. Because everyone mm-hmm. believes. Now, I think, by the way, telling you guys more stuff, the Metaverse doesn't exist. It doesn't. It's a lie. It's a scam. All there, all there is is game lobbies where you talk or type to people. Mm-hmm. You have a character mm-hmm. and your character has a name. That's it. That's all there is. And it's been the same for 25 years since I was doing it on a bulletin board system in high school when I was a kid. There's nothing new. Well, we have a bunch more to talk about because I, I do, I, I, I have heard that, um, you know, with improved technology, you know, enhanced 5G and things like that, we're actually going to experience more metaverse, but I don't know if we have time. What to is the metaverse? About. What is it? It's you talking or typing with a picture. That's it. There's nothing else. There, what, what do you get? How else are you communicating with people that's not talking or typing? Tell me. And how else are they looking at you that's not your profile photo or Zoom call? So yeah, are we no, in the metaverse right now? It's an avatar. No. Am I, um, am I in the metaverse? No. Why? Because I don't have like a, a, a cartoon character avatar. I, could, I have a skin. I could skin this. I could press a button and turn into a frog if I want you know, like, like there, there's <laughs> packs I can install. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> and for years, Richard has helped people get off the gaming addiction. Well, yeah, I did. I did that too. I was addicted to games for 10 years. I help people kick the habit. Um, I oh. think that you should play a better game that has lasting value. Mm-hmm. I create games. Other people play now called finance. Finance is kind of a game, right? You have a number, <laughs> you have a score. We know how high your score is. We know how high other people's scores are. It's, it's kind of, finance is kind of like a game. And, but the difference is it's one that could pay your medical bills when you're in the hospital. But you're Absolutely. not, you know. And I know Do you guys accept monkey boys. pictures here? I have a, I'm having a heart attack. I know some 14-year-old boys that could use that advice for sure. So, yep. <laughs> Richard, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Always, right. always so interesting. Rick, thank you as yeah. well for all of your thoughts and your perspective well, on this. And you uh, why Richard not, qualified for Mensa. Let's do this again in a year. Yeah. (laughs) See you later, guys. All right. Bye. Okay.